Greetings, beloved in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> the psalmist says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord, amen. <clears throat> that song that we were singing, saying you are Jehovah, <clears throat> and Jehovah is your name, mighty warrior, great in battle, I don't know if you were singing it also with understanding, <clears throat> because as we were singing it, I was just meditating and thinking, when you say Jehovah, you are Jehovah, or you are God, Jehovah, you are saying you are the self-existent one. <clears throat> you are God on your own. And how often do we sometimes feel tempted to help God? When you're thinking of something or you're praying for something or you're praying for somebody and this thing is so much close to you that you want it answered and you try to work away. But that song says you are Jehovah. And Jehovah is his name. And it reminds me the time when the Israelites were faced with the Egyptians who were chasing them. That's where this song came from in Exodus chapter 15. You will read it there. It was the song that Miriam and the children of Israel sang after the enemies were chasing them. And on the side, it was the mountains. In the front, it was the Red Sea. Behind, it was the Egyptians following them. So in other words, they were caught in a place where they did not have a way of escape. They did not have strength enough, strength enough to face the Egyptians. And they didn't know what to do with the sea in front of them. But Jehovah came through. Amen. 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 I couldn't have figured out what is the solution there. When you've got the enemies behind you, got the mountains on the sides of you, you've got the sea before you. Amen. Amen. But Jehovah came through. And they sang that song, you are Jehovah, Jehovah is your name. Mighty warrior, great in battle. And he is still the same Jehovah who is great in battle. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> so, I just want to share something with you today as a reminder that as children of God, when we get born again, when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we acknowledge that, that Jesus came and he died for our sins. Amen. He died for us. That is the basis of our salvation. He died and rose again from the dead for our sake. And we must never forget that anything that we do, all these things that we do here on earth is just as pilgrims, as people who are passing by. Amen? But our destiny is to spend eternity with the Lord. You know that even when God created human beings, he created Adam and Eve, and he placed them in the garden. The Bible would say sometimes at the cool of the day, the Lord would be moving there. And I, 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 I want us to, to enjoy that moment of thinking about the eternity that we will spend with the Master. Amen. Amen. Because that's it. The life that we are living here now is just temporary. Amen. Eternity is coming. And I want us never to forget that. As the church of God, sometimes you think, you look at things going around, and you think like the church is almost dying, the church is nowhere to be found, the church is weak, the church is this. 
But my Bible says when Jesus comes back, he's coming for a glorious church. He's coming back for a victorious church. So even when the enemy poses as if things are tough for us, the Red Sea in front of us, the enemy is behind us, but our God will always come through. So today I want us, let's start from the book of First Corinthians chapter 15. <clears throat> and I want us to look at this reminder. Uh, because sometimes we need to be reminded in the Good News Translation, First Corinthians chapter 15 <clears throat> from verse 1 to 7. It sounds like a simple thing, but that is the basis of our salvation. The fact that Jesus died for our sins and he rose again from the dead. And I want to take you through this and then you will see how then we also can have hope of resurrection. That the master, when the master comes back, those who have departed before us in Christ, they will resurrect and we will also be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. I remember the time when Jesus, I'll read that scripture also when we come to it. When Jesus was leaving this earth, the Bible says as he was going up, they were looking at him. He was just going like this, going, and as they were beholding, then the angel said, this Jesus whom you see going, in the same way he will, he will come back. Amen. And that is the master we are waiting to see. Amen. I remember this, this song that says, I can only imagine. What will, my, what, what will I do when the master comes? Imagine looking at Jesus and you think, oh, my savior. What will I do? He says, will I even, will I dance before you, Jesus? Will I sing before you? What will I do? Maybe will I hug him? What, what will I do? And you think even about all those, the Peters and the Pauls, all these people that we read about, as you see them, as you see Father Abraham. Amen? Amen. Think about that. Say, how will it be like? And that is our real destiny. Because sometimes with things happening around us, we may end up forgetting our real destiny. So 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 1 to 7, Good News Translation. And now I want to remind you, my friend. So he says he wants to remind us. So there are times sometimes when we need to be reminded. Mm -hmm. Of the good news which I preached to you, which you received, and on which your faith stands firm. Amen. My faith stands firm on the gospel of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> this is the gospel, the message that I preached to you. You are saved by the gospel if you hold firmly to it, unless it was for nothing that you believe. So he says you are saved by the gospel if you hold firmly to it. So can we firmly hold on to the gospel? Amen. Even when things, whether it's things that are coming against you in your life, the pressures of life, every other thing, Nothing should ever separate us from the love of God. Amen. We hold firmly to this gospel of our salvation. Mm -hmm. I passed on to you what I received, which is of the greatest importance. What is of the greatest importance? That Christ died for our sins as written in the scriptures. That's very important. It's very important. It may sound like it's a simple thing, but that is the basis of our salvation. Mm-hmm. That he was buried and that he was raised to life three days later, okay. as written in the scriptures. Yes. So he died for our sins. He was buried. He rose again from the dead. 
That's again the other thing that distinguishes our belief from any other belief. All those other people who believe in something or believe in some of their heroes and whatever, those people are dead and buried and nowhere to be found. But my Bible says Jesus died for my sins. He rose again from the dead and is alive and is coming back. Amen. 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 And I'm waiting for him. Mm -hmm. That he appeared to Peter and then to all 12 apostles. Then he appeared to more than 500 of his followers at once, most of whom are still alive, although some have died. Then he appeared to James and afterward to all the apostles. Okay, so he says, this Jesus, he came on earth, he died for our sins, he rose again from the dead, he appeared to his disciples, so it was a confirmation that he is risen. Okay? Confirmation that he is risen. And therefore, that should also give us hope that indeed the dead will rise again. God did it when he rose Christ from the dead. And we who are in Christ, those that have departed will rise again. And when we rise again, we are going to spend eternity with the Lord. So I want us to be encouraged because sometimes you think, how do people get raised from the dead? You look at a person who has passed away and you look at their bodies and you say, but how do they rise from the dead? Look at this. 1 Corinthians 15, we continue to verse 35 to 44. In that very same 1 Corinthians. I'll, I'll tell you what we're going to talk about, but you just need this introduction because it's very, very important to understand this. Verse 35 to 44. Someone will ask, hmm. how can the dead be raised to life? What kind of body will they have? Okay, that's a fair question, isn't it? How will the dead raise, and what kind of a body will they have? Okay. You fool. When you plant a seed in the ground, it does not sprout to life unless it dies. So he says when you plant a seed in the ground, you don't get it sprouting up unless that seed dies. Okay. It dies and ultimately disappears and you get something new. Mm -hmm. And what you plant is a bare seed, mm -hmm. perhaps a grain of wheat or some other grain, not the full-bodied plant that will later grow up. Yeah, so when you plant, you plant a seed, you don't plant the tree that will grow up. You plant a seed and then the seed dies and then God knows how to make the tree comes out of the seed. So he's trying to explain this so that you can understand how the dead raise from the dead. Mm -hmm. God provides that seed with the body he wishes. Mm. He gives each seed its own proper body. And the flesh of living beings is not all the same kind of flesh. Human beings have one kind of flesh, animals another, birds another, and fish another. And there are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. Okay, there are heavenly bodies and earthly bodies. Mm -hmm. The beauty that belongs to heavenly bodies is different from the beauty that belongs to earthly bodies. Yeah, so we've got earthly bodies. We look at something and it looks beautiful in earthly bodies, but there are heavenly bodies. Mm -hmm. The sun has its own beauty, the moon another beauty, and the stars a different beauty. And even among stars, there are different kinds of beauty. Mm. This is how it will be when the dead are raised to life. 
So he says, this is how it will be when the dead are raised to life. How will it be like? <clears throat> when the body is buried, it is mortal. When raised, it will be immortal. Okay. Mm-hmm. When buried, it is ugly and weak. No, you put it like that. <laughs> so he says, when the body is buried, it is ugly and weak. weak. You look at it and say, it's, but how will it? Sometimes you find some people, you have this thing where you say somebody died in an accident and then it was just pieces and you, you try to figure out how will they raise up. Okay? So he says, when the body is buried, it is ugly and weak. Mm-hmm. When raised, it will be beautiful and strong. Amen. When raised, it will be beautiful and strong. So if you think of that seed again, he gave the example of a seed. When you plant a seed, Especially something like a bean, I think you can also see when he's starting to give that. And that other one now almost perishes. The seed itself perishes around. And God knows how to bring something out of that perishing seed. And he says, so even when bodies are, are, are buried, they're ugly and weak, but when raised, it will be beautiful and strong. Mm-hmm. When buried, it is a physical body. When raised, it will be a spiritual body. Mm. There is, of course, a physical body, so there has to be a spiritual body. Yeah. So he says there is, of course, a physical body. There has to be a, physical, a, a spiritual body. Now, let's continue to 50 to 53. We'll do it in the NIV. Because now, what he's saying here is that this body cannot inherit the life that is to come. Okay. That's why you should never allow this body to force you to sin. Because this body is remaining in the grave. If Jesus comes before this body dies, it will have to be transformed. This one cannot enter the kingdom. Read it, verse 50. 53 in NIV. Uh I declare to you, brothers and sisters... That flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor does the perishable inherit the imperishable. So he says flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of God, nor even the perishable inherit the imperishable. So what mystery is he telling us about here? Mm -hmm. Listen, I tell you a mystery. Okay, so he says I'm telling you a mystery here. And something is a mystery, something that Seems hidden, but he wants to reveal it to us. Uh We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Okay, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. So in other words, we will not all die, but we will all be changed. So it means when Christ comes back, some who have died before, they would have slept. The dead in Christ would have slept, and then they will rise. But there will still be people who will be alive at that time. So he says, we will not all sleep, but we will all be changed. Mm -hmm. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet. Amen. For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised imperishable, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. So he says, a mystery is this, we will not all sleep but will all be changed in a flesh, in the twinkling of an eye or in the blinking of an eye. In other words, you blink 
and then it's completely changed. So if Jesus were to come back now, a blink, twinkling of an eye, with the trumpet of God sounding, changed. Changed to that body that is no longer controlled by gravity. Amen? Amen. So the forces of gravity will be suspended. So change to that body that as the Lord himself is descending and coming, we will be lifted up to meet the Lord and forever be with the Lord. So today I want us to talk about Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? Amen. Amen. He's coming back. He's coming back. And there may be many things happening around us, things that we are busy with. We are busy with our careers, busy with this. That's good for this life. But this is not where it's ending. We need not lose the big focus. Amen. So listen to this. Go to the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. Because the things that are put here, they should encourage us to remember. Jesus has already set an example for us. He died and he rose again to show that indeed when we die, we will rise again. So it's already proven. He's already done that. So again, I want you to look at this in Acts chapter 1 verse 9 to 11. You will see when Jesus, after he rose from the dead, so in other words, he was now in that other body. You remember he talked about the bodies and the bodies are not the same, and then there will be the change, twinkling of an eye. Now he is in this other body. Look, uh, we'll do it in the Amplified. Acts chapter 1, verse 9 to 11. Then I want you to see this and start imagining him going, going. It's like talking with you now, and then starting to go. And you look, going, go, look, go. Amen. Amen. Look at this. Acts chapter 1, verse 9 to 11, Amplified. And when he had said this, even as they were looking at him, he was caught up, and a cloud received and carried him away out of their sight. Look, as they were looking, he was caught up. So it means he was in a different body now. That is the body that even when they had closed the doors, you remember when he came after rising from the dead, he went through. Okay, so it says, as they were looking at him, he was caught up. So, and we shall be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. Amen. Amen. So he was caught up, and a cloud received him and carried him away out of their sight. Mm -hmm. And while they were gazing intently into heaven as he went, Mm. behold, two men dressed in white robes suddenly stood beside them. Who said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing into heaven? Mm. This same Jesus, who was caught away and lifted up from among you into heaven, will return in just the same way in which you saw him go into heaven. I like this. This same Jesus, who was caught up and lifted away into heaven, will return in the same way in which you saw him go. Amen. And we are looking forward to that moment. We are looking forward to that moment when the master will come back. Amen. So it means we need to be ready all the time. Last week, uh, Papa JJ was telling us even about those uh, 
the ten virgins, the wise and the foolish ones and the wise ones. So the foolish ones were not ready. And when he came back, they were caught off guard. So meaning that there would be some among those because they were all virgins waiting for the bridegroom. So I would guess it represents people who are in the church. Because they were, they were the virgins ready for the bridegroom, all of them waiting for him. But these other ones, they were not wise. So as things are going around, sometimes it will also happen in our time, that you end up sleeping and forgetting that the master is coming. And you will be caught off guard. And when they were caught off guard, and they had to go and look for the oil and all that. And when they came back, they were told it's too late. Your portion is with the outsiders. Where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Amen. Amen. Go to Matthew chapter 24. We started from 36. In the Amplified, we're going 36 to 51. But let's do 24, 36. I want you to know that usually, I think around... Do you remember there was this theory that Jesus is coming, was it in 2000? There were many, there are many times he was supposed to have come back. Isn't it? But I think the main one was 2000. Isn't it? Yeah. So you can see that human beings are trying to guess God. And you cannot guess God. There are even those scholars who try to calculate, they will tell you, you see, a thousand years, you see, if you look at human history, uh, God created, you remember the seven days, day one, day two, day three. So now we are in day six, because uh, you see, if you calculate this and this, you're wasting your time. Amen. God is not limited to time. Amen. God does not live in time. Amen. So that's why then if you try to calculate, you will be confused. All you need to do is just be ready. Why are you trying to calculate? You want to take a chance. Huh? You calculate so that now I can do whatever I do. And then when it's 5-2. So why are you calculating? The easiest thing is just be ready. Amen. It's the same way. Why people do not know when they will die. It's so that you don't take a chance. Amen. <laughs> you must always be ready. Amen. So that when the Lord comes, you are ready. You don't say, now I'll do this, I'll do this, I'll do whatever I want to do, and then when it's 5-2, I'll come in. You don't do that with God. Amen. So look at this, Matthew 24, 36-51, Amplified. But of that exact day and hour, no one knows. Okay, that's the truth. No one knows when Jesus will come back. So if he says no one knows, no one knows. Even the scientists and the scholars who try to tell you and theologians and that, they did not read Matthew. Okay, no one knows. Uh -huh. Not even the angels of heaven. Okay. Nor the son. Oh, Okay. But only the Father. So if not even the angels, not even Jesus himself as the Son would know, only the Father 
then no one knows. Okay? So what is then incumbent on us is to always be ready. He can come back tomorrow. He can come anytime. But I don't have to calculate anything. I'm ready. Amen. 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 So that's a challenge to each one of us. To say you need to be ready. Jesus is coming back. Continue reading. As were the days of Noah, Mm. so will be the coming of the Son of Man. Okay, what happened during the days of Noah? You remember during the days of Noah, the Lord said there will come a flood and the earth will be destroyed with the flood. Okay? Noah, build an ark and then you will get your household into the ark and even the animals some of them into the ark so that we can preserve some of them but the rest will perish okay imagine you were in the time of Noah and Noah says that people would think Noah what 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 have you been you mean the flood the whole earth Nothing like that can ever happen. And probably the scientists, if they were there also in those days, they probably would make some things and calculate it. No, it's not possible. When we look at the forces and how this mix with that, it's not possible. It will not happen. Let's just continue life as usual. And he says in the days of Noah, it will be the same way when the master comes back. Okay, Mm -hmm. let's see what happened. For just as in those days before the flood, they were eating and drinking, Mm. men marrying and women being given in marriage Mm. until the very day when Noah went into the ark. Okay, so even when Noah is going into the ark, they are still thinking, but what is he doing? Like some people think when you are a Christian, what, what is this guy doing? They think you are a fool. Hmm. Probably there were some who were Looking at Noah, I don't know how educated was Noah, but it's even worse if you are not educated. <laughs> they would say lack of education. Look at what this guy is doing. Amen. We are wise. Okay. Till the day he came into the, he got into the ark. Uh-huh. And they did not know or understand until the flood came and swept them all away. So will be the coming of the Son of Man. I like this. So what he is saying is that in those days of Noah, people were busy with their lives, ignoring what God has said. And he says when the Son of Man comes, it will be exactly the same way. People will be busy with whatever they are doing, and at least you do well when you are ready to get into the ark. Amen? Because those, all the things they were doing and mocking and all that, It's even more interesting. It seems after the ark was closed and then the floods came. It says it was God who had the key. (laughs) Because we try to think, now I think some of the things, no, no, now we believe, now we believe, no, no, now we believe, now really, now really. Noah says, unfortunately, the key is not with me. Amen. I can't help you. And then you think, but God is cruel. you a chance, he tells you. So there's even this gospel that says nobody will go to hell because God is not that cruel. What happens is that the 
Hell was made for the devil and his angels and anyone who wants to follow them. Amen. Amen. You don't have to go there. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth on him will not perish but have everlasting life. But it says, the following verse it says, but if you do not believe, you are already condemned because you did not believe. Amen. Amen. So now in the days of Noah, people were saying that. You know that even now people say, especially the invent environmentalists and all this thing of the, the, we call it the, this thing with the climate change. I think there's a theory that there's a certain ice that uh, will melt and if it melts then the whole earth and there's no such. God said the second one will be fire, not water. Okay? So the water portion has gone. It's, it's, It's finished that one. Amen. Amen. So you just need to listen to God, the creator himself. So continue. At that time, two men will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. Okay, now this is it's becoming more serious now. He says, when he comes back, two will be in the field. One will be taken and one will be left. So it means each one, you will have to stand on your own. <laughs> Even between husband and wife. You know that between husband and wife, sometimes you find one is really serious and the other one is not so serious and you think you will get a chance because the other one is serious. Amen. He says two will be in the field, one will be taken and one will remain. Continue. Two women will be grinding at the hand mill. One will be taken and one will be left. Okay. You're going like this. You know our old ladies. In the same... And me. Then one is taken and another one is left. Mm-hmm. Watch, therefore, give strict attention, mm. be cautious and active, for you do not know in what kind of day, whether a near or remote one, your Lord is coming. Mm. But understand this had the householder known in what part of the night, whether in a night or a morning, Watch the thief was coming. He would have watched and would not have allowed his house to be undermined and broken into. You also must be ready, therefore. Yeah. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect him. Okay. You must be ready, therefore. For the Son of Man is coming at an hour that you do not expect him. But he's coming back. So just be ready. Amen. So he comes anytime. I'm ready. So that is the question. Are you ready? He's coming back. Continue. Who then is the faithful, thoughtful, and wise servant whom his master has put in charge of his household to give the others the food and supplies at the proper time? Blessed, happy, fortunate, and to be envied is that servant whom, when his master comes, he will find so doing. I solemnly declare to you, he will set him over all his possessions. But if that servant is wicked and says to himself, my master is delayed and is going to be gone a long time. Okay, look at what this servant is doing. And begins, He's saying in his heart, my master is delaying and he will be, long for, he will be gone for a long time. 
You know that people even have a sense that Jesus is delaying to come back. And the very same person who's saying Jesus is delaying is not ready. So if he comes, you, you left anyway. So why, why are you saying he's delaying when you are not ready? Continue. And begins to beat his fellow servants and to eat and drink with the drunken. Hmm. The master of that servant will come on a day when he does not expect him and at an hour of which he is not aware hmm. and will punish him, cut him up by scourging and put him with the pretenders, hypocrites. There will be weeping and grinding of teeth. Yeah, so there is a place where there will be weeping and grinding of teeth and that is forever and ever. And sometimes we need to be told this truth. Amen? We sometimes need to be reminded. Like Peter says, Paul says, I want to remind you about this. Amen? So go through 2 Peter chapter 3, verse 3 to 14. We'll do it in the King James. Because there is this thing where people say, but we are always told that Jesus is coming back. Do you know that even during the time of the Bible time, people were saying Jesus is coming back and he's not coming back. People keep on saying he's coming, he's not coming back. We are always threatened. People say he's coming, he's not coming back. That's what sometimes people say, isn't it? Listen to Peter. In Second Peter chapter 3, 3 to 14, King James Version. Knowing this first, that scoffers will come in the last days, Walking according to their own lust. So it means in the last days, we are living in the last days, scoffers will come, and what will they say? <clears throat> and saying, where is the promise of his coming? For since the fathers fell asleep, all things continue as they were from the beginning of creation. Do you see how scoffers speak? They say, where is the promise of his coming? Nothing is changing. Since the, uh, the creation came, everything is still the same. Why are we always threatened that the Jesus is coming back? Our father slept, nothing is changing. Mm -hmm. For this they willfully forget, that by the word of God the heavens were of old, and the earth standing out of water and in the water, by which the world that then existed perished, being flooded with water. Okay, so he says, this they are forgetting. There was that world, you remember the world of Noah's time. It perished with the water. So it means God has already shown that it will happen. Amen. So he's, here Peter is trying to argue. He's saying to the people that are saying there is no such. He says they are trying to deceive themselves. It has already happened. The first world was destroyed with water during the time of Noah. So now if he told them that because of wickedness, this world will be destroyed with water. And they did not believe it and it happened. Why are we doubting when he says, now the fire is coming? Why are we doubting it? So Peter here says, these people are willfully ignorant. Because the first time, it already has happened. The first world was destroyed with water. Continue. But the heavens and the earth which are now preserved by the same word are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly Did you men. get that? What is this present world reserved for? Another water? No. Repeat that. Because it says the world of old was destroyed by water. But the present world and the present heaven. Repeat that part. 
But the, the yeah. heavens and the earth, which are now preserved by the same word, okay. are reserved for fire until the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. Did you get that? So this present world and the present uh, heavens, they are reserved for fire, not for water. You get that? Yeah. And it's the truth. And Peter says, it was the same thing when they were told during the days of Noah. They did not take it serious until the day the floods came. So it means they would still also not take it serious until the time comes when the Son of Man comes back. Mm -hmm. Continue. But, beloved, do not forget this one thing, that with the Lord one day is a thousand years, and a thousand years as one day. Oh, did you get that? You know what the, those um, scholars, they use this, but they don't know that this thing is confusing because they use it to say one day is like a thousand years. But that Bible doesn't say that. It says a day is like a thousand years. A thousand years is also like a day. Now, what is what? Because it means even when you just think it's a thousand years, maybe it's just a day. <laughs> when you think it's a day, maybe it's a thousand years already. That's how he's saying here. So it means you cannot confine God to time. Amen. Yes. You cannot do that. Because then he says a thousand years is like a day. A day is like a thousand years. So if it was only like, if it was only saying a thousand years is like a day then you could calculate like what they are calculating to say each thousand years represent this. But he says even a day it's also like a thousand years. So if it's just today only it also is, it may be like a thousand years. So it means I will not count. Can we all say I will not count? I will not count. Amen. But I'm ready. But I'm ready. But I'm ready. But I'm ready. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Even so, come Lord Jesus. Continue. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, mm. as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Mm -hmm. Therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holy conduct and godliness? So when all these things are going to be burned, what manner of a person are you supposed to be in holiness and in conduct and in all godliness? Looking for and hastening the coming of God, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. So it's fire and heat. We're talking heat here and fire here. No water. Mm -hmm. Nevertheless, we, according to his promise, look for new heavens and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Therefore, beloved, looking forward to these things, be diligent to be found by him in peace, without spot and blameless. Yes. And so... We are looking forward to these things and we need to be found by him in peace without spot and blameless. 
For Jesus is coming for a glorious church without spot or any such thing or any wrinkle. And so therefore we need to always be ready. But when we are still here on the earth, we also shouldn't be like the brethren in, in Thessalonica. You know the Thessalonians, after they heard that Jesus is coming back, they decided, now if Jesus is coming back, what's the point of planning? What's the point of working? What's the point of going to school? What's the point of, because he's coming anyway. You can come anytime. And if you had all the money in the bank, you take all the money and use it. Amen. So they were trying to think like that. And some of them were no longer working. That's why they, that scripture in Thessalonians, it says, he who does not work should not even eat. Because they were saying, but what's the point? He's coming anytime. No, but we are saying, he's coming anytime, but we don't know when. So you work and you do everything and you plan as if he's not coming anytime, but you are ready as if he's coming anytime. Amen. Amen. So it means, as much as we are saying he's coming anytime, there's still some things to do here. Do them. And if he comes, yes, you will find you busy. And he needs to find us busy. Go to Luke chapter 19, King James Version. Luke chapter 19, verse 10 to 13. Luke 19, 10 to 13. For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. And as they heard these things, he added and spake a parable because he was nigh to Jerusalem and because they thought that the kingdom of God should immediately appear. He said, therefore, a certain noble man went into a country to receive for himself a kingdom and to return. And he called his ten servants and delivered them ten pounds and said unto them, Occupy till I come. I like that part. So as the master is gone, he has left us with a mission. Okay? So he says, he gives us an assignment and say, occupy till I come. So as long as he is not coming back, I'm still busy with the kingdom business here. We are still busy doing the work of the father. We are still busy ministering, preaching to people. We are still busy walking in love and blessing people, being a blessing to people, praying for others, doing all the things of the kingdom. And we are busy praying, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Thy kingdom come. And we are busy doing like what Jesus did, destroying the works of the enemy in the lives of those that are bound by the enemy. We occupy till he comes. But he's coming back. So, as long as he is not back yet, we occupy. We do not give the space for the enemy. Amen? We take charge. We let the kingdom advance. We let the kingdom keep on going on and on. It says of the increase in the book of Isaiah, it says of the, the government is upon his shoulder. And of the increase of his government, there shall be no end. May his government and his kingdom continue to spread. May it be that wherever you go, you carry the glory of God. You carry the presence of God. Amen. Amen. May that wherever the river goes, let there be life. Amen. You remember Ezekiel? And he says, I saw this and that river was going, flowing through the deserts, flowing, and the river flowing, getting into the Dead Sea. But wherever the river goes, there was life. 
And let there be life wherever the river goes. Let there be life wherever you go. Let there be hope wherever you go. When people are hopeless and do not know what to do, let them receive hope when you come among them. You know that there are some people that if you hang around them, you will be drained. Every time they are looking for things to pull you down. They are always trying to show how useless you are. That's a dead sea. Amen. It doesn't give life. We want rivers that give life. Rivers that encourage. Rivers that flow and penetrate to those dead areas and bring life. So that even when you come to a place and somebody is sick, you lay hands on them and that life of Jesus in you flows through the body of the sick person and the person gets healed. Amen. So that is what Jesus says. He says, occupy till I come. But I'm coming back. I've given you an assignment, but I'm coming back. Occupy till I come. Go to Revelation chapter 3. NIV. Revelation 3. NIV 11 to 13. Because you need to hold on. You need to occupy. You need to hold on. You need to occupy. Don't give ground to the enemy. Amen. Let's Stay in victory. Let's not be like those uh, five virgins that were foolish. That slept instead of that were not ready because the other ones were ready and these ones were not ready. They did not have enough oil and they were not ready. And when the master came back, they were not ready for him. So let's not be like those. Let's be ready. Let's hold fast to the gospel of our salvation. Now look at this. In, in Revelation 3, 11 to 13 NIV. I am coming soon. Okay. How? He says he's coming soon. soon. And somebody will say, but it was like this all along, man. Thousand years ago, it was saying I'm coming soon. So what is this soon? He's coming soon. No, but what is the definition of soon? He's coming soon. Amen. A thousand years with, a day, with the Lord is like a day. A day is like a thousand years. But we need to be ready. Continue. Hold on to what you have mm. so that no one will take your crown. Okay. Guys, each one of you, hold on to what you have so that no one will take your crown. Do you know that sometimes as you are holding, sometimes you would even be discouraged by people who stay close to you. They want to take your crown. Mm. Amen. Sometimes you look at what your mother, what your father, what your child, what your husband, what your wife are doing and you feel like living, giving up what you are holding. He says, hold on to what you have so that no one will take away your crown. So this is about me and my master. Amen. Don't let anything discourage you. Don't let anything steal your crown. The master is coming back. And when he comes back, we will each give account on our own. Continue. The one who is victorious, I will make a pillar in the temple of my God. Mm. Never again will they leave it. I will write on them the name of my God and the name of the city of my God, the, the new Jerusalem, which is coming down out of heaven from my God. And I will also write on them my new name. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Yes. 
the spirit is speaking to the t- churches. Let's keep on holding on. Let's not allow anything to take away our crown. And you see, the issue is that when it says, don't allow anything to take away your crown. Not even people who are close to you. Not even tribulations. Not even challenges of life. Don't let anything take away your crown. And by the way, that's why even when, you remember the scripture where we read, it says two, one will be taken, two will be, there's even another one which says two will be sleeping together, one taken, one remain. Which means, each one of us will have to account by our own selves. That's why even when you die, you die on your own. No matter how much your wife loves you, if you are going to die, she doesn't say, I also want to die. Okay? So, you, each one of you go on your own. Which means, we are going to face God as individuals. Therefore, I must not let anything or anybody take away my crown. Look at this, Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. I think Papa JJ typed on this one, but I like it in the King James Version because other versions who don't put it nice or right. I'll tell you why. Let's do it the old King James. Hebrews 9, 27 and 28. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment... So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many, and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. So he's coming, he will appear again. But the part I want you to look at is verse 27. Repeat it in the King James. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this the judgment. Okay. It is appointed unto men once to die, and after this the judgment. It's different from what other versions say. It is appointed for a man to die once. Okay? There's a difference between it is appointed for a man to die once and, there is, and it is appointed for a man once to die. When you say it's appointed for a man to die once, you mean they will die only once. When you say it is appointed for a man once to die, you are saying once upon a time you will die. Because if you say it is appointed for a man to die once, how many times do you think uh, Lazarus died? He didn't die once. Did Lazarus die once? No. So it can't be that it is appointed for a man to die once. It is appointed for a man once to die. You get that? So the old King James. So it means once upon a time, each of you, you have an appointment with death. An appointment with death. Okay? After that, it's judgment. So it means you do not sort your things after death. You know that there are people who say, we'll see it there. There is no such. It is appointed for a man once to die. After that, it's judgment. Amen. So it means, make sure that you do it before your appointment. Amen. Make sure that you are ready before your appointment. After the appointment, it's judgment time. 
We need to sometimes tell you this. Because it's what the word of God says, isn't it? Because sometimes with the business of life, we forget these things. And this is the crucial thing. Because even if the things on earth were not working well for me and I was not strong in faith in here or in that one, I didn't get this, I didn't get that. But it's not as serious as this one. This one, we are talking about eternity. Okay? It is appointed unto man once to die. So when you say appointed, that is the same word where you get the word appointment. Amen. So there is an appointment with death. But after that appointment is judgment. So you do not sort things after the appointment. You do it before. Get ready before the appointment. Get ready before the Lord comes. Amen. Amen. Because when he comes, look at this, look at the judgment. It's Revelation chapter 20. We'll read in the NIV. Revelation 20, NIV, 20, 11 to 15. Because if it says it is appointed for a man once to die and after that judgment, that is the truth. And when judgment day comes, we will have to face the master. And when you face him, this time you are facing him as a judge. Amen? While currently you are facing him as a savior. When he comes, you will be facing him as a judge. Amen? Amen. Having to give account how we lived. He has given each of us an opportunity to live here on the earth for a particular period. Make sure you do not forget the bigger destiny. It's appointed for a man who wants to die. Thereafter judgment. Revelation chapter 20, 11 to 15 NIV. Then I saw a great white throne and him who was seated on it. Mm. The earth and the heavens fled from his presence and there was no place for them. Mm. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. Okay. He says, I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne and books were opened. So this is what he's seeing. So let's, let's go with John in his, in his vision. Mm-hmm. Another book was opened, which is the book of life. Okay, so there is a book called the book of life. Mm-hmm. The dead were judged according to what they had done as recorded in the books. Okay, so it means you don't see it there. As you are living, you are record, you are, you are, you are, you are, you are, things are getting written as you are living. Okay? After the appointment, the books will come up at judgment, and now the judgment is according to what you did in the flesh as recorded in the book. Okay? Mm-hmm. The sea gave up the dead that were in it, and death and Hades gave up the dead that were in them. Oh. Uh-huh. And each person was judged according to what they had done. Okay, verse 13, it's interesting. Do you know that if you did not believe in Jesus, and then let's say you died in the sea, you know there are people who died and then we can't find them. Okay? You would wish sea doesn't give you up. <laughs> but look at this one. This one says, the dead, repeat that part. 
The sea gave up the dead that were in it. You see? So it means even the sea says, uh-uh. <laughs> You can't hide here. Indeed, people didn't bury you. They didn't find you. But now, <laughs> judgment time. Mm-hmm. The death and Hades were thrown into the lake of fire. Mm. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. That is the truth. Amen. Because sometimes people will try to reason with you. There's one preacher, one American preacher. I used to like him. Now he went astray. He's preaching the wrong grace. He was a very good man of God. He used to preach the word well. Now when he started learning the concept of grace, he started saying, it means there is no hell because God is so gracious that nobody will burn in hell. Yeah, and he's, he's preaching that and people try to talk with him and that some of you may know him. I won't mention him by name. If you know him, it's you who knows him. So, he is now saying there is no hell. Nobody will burn in hell. Now, this scripture is there and it does not change. And what is even interesting is the very same revelation says anyone who subtract anything from this book that's how the master will deal with him. Okay? And if you add you will even get more punishment. So don't subtract, don't add. So it says the sea gave up the dead that were in it Death and hate gave up the dead that were in them, and each person was judged according to what they had done. That then death and hate were thrown into the lake of fire. The lake of fire is the second death. Anyone whose name was not found written in the book of life was thrown into the lake of fire. You get that? God will tell you this. It is the truth. It is what the master said. So it means when you try to reason to say no, but it can't be possible. This, this, this. It can't be possible. You're doing like the days of Noah. Until the floods came, they were still taking it as not serious. So I want each of us to take it serious because the master is coming back and when he comes back, he's coming back as a judge this time. Sitting on the white throne. But I'm waiting for his return. Amen. Amen. I'm waiting for his return. Look at Revelation 22, 12 to 16 NIV. Because as he returns, those of us who are serving him faithfully, he's coming with a reward. (coughs) Amen. As much as there is hell and lake of fire for those that are not serious with the Lord, but those that are faithful, Okay, can you be encouraged? Those of you who are faithful, faithfully serving God, faithfully walking in love, faithfully standing on in the kingdom, even when things are difficult and there is this challenge, this challenge, many things that may make you sleep and slumber, but you still stand strong and wait for his appearing. He's coming with a reward for you. Amen. So let's listen to this. He's coming with a reward. Look. 
I am coming soon. Mm. My reward is with me. Oh, amen, 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 amen. Can we say amen, 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 amen? amen. He says, I am coming soon. My reward is with me. Amen. Mm -hmm. And I will give to each person according to what they have done. Okay. Do you get that? I will give to each person according to what they had done. Not according to what people say you have done. According to what you have done. Mm. Amen. You know that sometimes our failures, we like blaming other people for our failures and we don't want to take responsibility. Since I'm coming back, my reward is with me, but I will give to each person according to what they have done. Mm -hmm. I am the Alpha and the Omega. The, the beginning first and the end. And the last. Amen. The beginning and the end. Amen. Mm -hmm. Blessed are those who wash their robes that they may have the right to the tree of life and may go through the gates into the city. Mm. Outside are the dogs, those who practice magic arts, the sexually immoral, the murderers, the idolaters, and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. Oh, so you see, they are separated. Huh? So let's look. 14 is those who have washed their robes in white, those that are ready for his coming. But outside, who are outside? The dogs. Uh huh. Those who practice magic arts, mm -hmm. the sexually immoral, mm. the murderers, mm. the idolaters, mm. and everyone who loves and practices falsehood. So they're all there outside. Okay? They are missing out on the kingdom. Mm -hmm. I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony for the churches. I am the root and the offspring of David and the bright morning star. So Jesus says, I, Jesus, have sent my angel to give you this testimony as the churches. So he's giving us this message because he doesn't want us to miss out on eternity with him. So, and I'm telling you this, you know we usually talk faith, we tell you this, we tell you that. That's what we need for this life. We tell you how to live in victory, we tell you how you exercise your faith, you believe God for finances, you believe God for healing, but that's all for this life. It's not it's got nothing to do with the life to come. Amen? Amen? With the life to come, he says, may your robes be cleaned and washed so that when he comes, you will spend eternity with him. Amen. Revelation 21, 1 to 4, and then 7 to 8, NIV. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Oh, Mm -hmm. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Oh, we see, we're starting to, starting to try to imagine now. You know, we'll be walking in the streets of gold. You know that. So, we're trying to think now the future. He says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. You see, he's starting to take us into that future. Can you start imagining that future? He says, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away and there was no longer any sea. Oh, okay. So there will be no longer a sea. That's the new heaven and the new earth. Mm -hmm. 
I saw the holy city, mm. the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, mm. prepared as a bride beautifully dressed for her husband. Mm. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, mm. Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people, oh, and he will dwell with them. Oh, thank they will you, be Jesus. his people, and mm. God himself will be with them and be their God. Mm. I like this. I like verse 3. You know, this, is God, this was God's original intent. You know, when he created Adam and Eve, he wanted to dwell with them. Adam and Eve disobeyed, and then that's why then they were cast away from the presence of God. And that's why we are at a state that we are in today. But then God will restore that to that original intent. And this is what is happening here. So, 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 so reread this when the, the New Jerusalem is coming down and beautifully adorned. Read verse 3 again. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. Amen. And he will God's dwell with them. God's dwelling people is now among the people. Uh-huh. And he will dwell with them. Hey. They will be his people, mm. and God himself will be with them and mm. be their God. Mm. He will wipe every tear from their eyes. Oh, even those of you who are always crying and always troubled, in this life there is a lot of tribulation, a lot of things that are breaking your heart. The Lord will wipe away your tears. Amen. So the master is coming back, and God will be dwelling among us. So I can't miss out on that one. Amen. Amen. I can't miss out on that one. It doesn't matter what the pressures of life are. When God comes and dwells among us, he will wipe away all tears. Mm-hmm. There will be no more death. Okay, no more death even. Amen. So it's, it's looking good. It's looking bright. I want you to start looking forward. Amen. So that you do not miss this eternity for anything. Continue. Or mourning, or crying, or pain. Okay, there will be, so he will, God will come and dwell among us, like he did in the Garden of Eden, like the origin. Okay, and as he's dwelling among us, he will wipe away every tear from our eyes. There will be no more death. No mourning, no crying, there's not even will be any pain. Amen. Amen. No pain. Uh-huh. For, For the, the old order of things has passed away. Those who are victorious will inherit all this. Did you get that? Those who are victorious will inherit all this. And I will be their God and they will be my children. But the cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, idolaters and all liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. Did you get that? So there is this distinction. Either in this group or in that group. Okay? He's coming with his reward. To bless those that have been faithfully staying on. So if you are a child of God, your labor in the Lord is not in vain. Keep staying on. Keep on holding on to that. Amen. Keep on holding on to that which God has given you. Don't give it up for anything. 
Don't trade your salvation for anything. Even when people try to deceive you, to give in, don't give in. So that you may spend eternity with the Lord. Because it says, but those who are cowardly, the unbelieving, the vile, the murderers, the sexually immoral, those who practice magic arts, the idolaters, liars, they will be consigned to the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. You get that? So we need to be very careful. So our talk today is Jesus is coming back. Are you ready? And you know if you're not ready, what will happen? You also know if you are ready, what you get. So the choice is yours. Amen? Amen. The choice is yours. And it's, it's, it's your choice at an individual level. Not even about what your friend is thinking about. Do you know that sometimes we like first seeing if my friend is also in this? It's about you. It's not even about your mother. It's not even about your wife. It's not even about your child. It's not even about your husband. It's not even about your granny. It's about you. Amen. Amen. So can we close with this one? Let's go to First Thessalonians because I like this one. Because now we're looking forward to his coming. He will come anytime. Amen. The Bible already said he's coming soon. So I can't say he's coming tomorrow, he's coming today, he's coming in two years' time, he's coming in a hundred years' time, but I know he's coming soon. Amen. And I'm ready for his return. Are you ready? Amen. Are you ready? First Thessalonians 4, 16 and 17 in the Amplified Version. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a loud cry of summons. So when it says for the Lord himself. So this time he will come himself. Jesus, the Lord himself. He will descend from heaven with a loud cry of summons. With the shout of an archangel and with the blast trumpet of God. And those who have departed this life in Christ will rise first. You see again. Those that have departed this life in Christ will rise first. Those who have already slept. So it means our relatives, our friends, all those that were in Christ who are now asleep. They will rise first. Then we, the living ones who remain on earth, shall simultaneously be caught up. You remember how Jesus was caught up? So this is what we will also experience. We shall simultaneously be caught up along with the resurrected death in the clouds. It says Jesus was caught up and was taken out in the clouds. Similarly here, we shall be caught up and in the clouds Meet the Lord in the air. And so always, through the eternity of eternities, we shall be with the Lord. Amen. Amen. The Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout. The trumpet of God and the voice of an archangel. The dead in Christ shall rise first, but we which are remain and alive will be caught up to meet the Lord in the air. He's coming back. I'm ready. He's coming back. Amen. Even so come Lord Jesus. He's coming back. Amen. 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 He's coming back. We learn with Revelations 22, 20 amplified. 
Revelations 22, 20, Amplified. He who gives this warning and affirms and testifies to these things says, Yes, it is true. Surely I'm coming quickly, swiftly, speedily. Amen, so let it be. Yes, come Lord Jesus. So Jesus says he's coming back and those of us who are looking for his appearing, let's all say, Amen. Amen. Yes, come Lord Jesus. Amen. Amen. I'm going to give us time to pray. Anything that you want to talk to the Father. If you feel that if Jesus had to come back now or had to come back before this service, I would have been left behind. But now, I believe the Lord was ministering to me. He's giving me this warning. I want to make sure that I'm ready. Amen. It's either you were not ready because you have not accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. I'll pray with you. But also it might be that you had accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but you are not ready. You are busy with many other things. You've lost focus. Okay? Like the five foolish virgins. You're not ready. So I'm going to give us time. All of us will stand up. And those of you who are ready will just be thinking about the Lord, about the Lord's return, just to get encouraged, to say, even what is happening in this life is never going to take my focus away from the greater vision, the greater goal. I'm focused. But those of you who feel, I'm not sure, Pastor, I would want you to pray with me. So it means, after we all pray, and you feel that you need that prayer, you will come to the fore and I'm going to pray with you. Either when you are saying, I really want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior, and be sure of my eternity. I know that it is appointed for a man once to die, and after that judgment, and we don't sort things after death. I want to sort it now. Or you are saying, I'm a child of God, but I think I haven't been focused. And I think if the Lord had come back before this service, I would have been left behind. Pray with me, Pastor. I'm going to pray with you. Amen. So we first pray, all of us. We stand up, we pray. And after that, if any of you needs prayer, in those two aspects, you will come to the fore, and I'm going to pray with you. This is serious. It's about eternity with the Lord. It's about making sure that you do not miss out on this eternal salvation. Amen. Father, we thank you. Father, we honor you. We bless you, Lord. We honor you for your word. Thank you, mighty Father. For